Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about self-care. Well, we all kind of know what it means, don't we? Looking after yourself. But what does self-care really mean? And what does it mean now in 2022? And is it any different to self-care? I don't know. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Well, there's certainly no shortage of forums and websites and books about self-care. I'm guilty of that. Um, I've got a book coming out in January and you could argue that it's a self-care book. And why do we even need to focus on it? Isn't it just common sense? Now, the reason I'm, I'm talking about self-care is wherever you look nowadays on online or at work, you know, there's a real focus on well-being, which I cover in another one of these pod episodes. And a lot of people tend to post, you know, slightly virtuous and smug things like, you know, make sure you get to bed early and make sure that you don't have any blue light for an hour, eat healthily, make sure you take some exercise, connect with friends, all of that stuff. Um, And that's all fine. But obviously, we know. I mean, we know that stuff. And, you know, even though I sometimes post some of those things because they're common sense, it can be a bit irritating for people because if it was that easy, no one would get ill. People know what to do, but they don't do it. Or actually, the other side of the coin is that some people are doing all of those things and they still don't feel well. So I I think there's actually a lot more to self-care than these slightly oversimplistic and reductionist posts would suggest. Or, you know, stuff that people peddle that are generally well-intentioned and and make sense. But hey, you know, bully for you if it works for you. You're very lucky. But it doesn't for a lot of people. And there's a lot more to self-care than just doing those things. Having said that, if you get the basics right, a lot of things do improve. So... Just for a moment, it's very much on my mind because I'm still in the final throes of very, very final edits for my book. I reread the whole thing uh, this morning and I'm pretty pleased with it, I have to say. Sorry to sound smug, um, but reading it, what it made me realise was that unless you've got some idea of the inputs that give rise to you feeling ill or well, you can't really do self-care justice. I do want to talk about this, and and those of you that are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs will know and agree, I'm sure, that 
on a base level, every human being needs the same things, you know, warmth, food, love, all of these kind of basic things. And of course, if you're not getting those needs met, then you need to start there. It's also really interesting if you look online what the definition of self-care is. There, there are just so many out there. Most of them are pretty similar, to be honest, um, all about promoting health and well-being and engaging in healthy behaviours. And, you know, the big one, of course, as with a lot of definitions, is from the World Health Organization. And they define self-care as the ability of individuals, families and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. Wow. I think my issue and problem with, you know, those well-meaning posts I was referring to at the beginning is that they can be a bit preachy and a, and a, and a bit smug. For instance, if you say to someone, hey, you know, self-care means taking lots of exercise, um, eating five portions of fruit and veg a day, getting to bed early, and, you know, meditating, let's just say. That can be quite overwhelming for some people. And it goes back to this principle of individuality. There are certain things that we know are good for us. So exercise, in a way, is medicine you know we know the benefits of that we know but just advising someone to to take exercise is you know slightly empty words because that word means different things to different people and that for me is the crux of it self-care is totally individual and you know although in my book i break it down into something called the health loop where you can actually lay out all of the factors in your life that are giving rise to to where you're at at the moment in terms of whether they're symptoms or you know how you feel whether you feel well or whether you feel ill um you could if you wanted to split self-care into very basic categories for example physical emotional spiritual that would be one way of doing it it helps chunk things down but it's quite limiting in a way and my preferred way is is just to think about your typical day. What do you do every day? And what in your routine constitutes something that is, you know, promoting your health, improving your health, as opposed to something that is not working with your health or possibly making you ill? Because that way you're starting with you. You're not taking these nebulous, I don't know, posts on on, on Twitter or Instagram and shaming yourself because you think, well, I'm not doing that. Oh, I really need to do that. It's much easier to work forwards, if you like, rather than backwards. And I think, you know, when it comes to those um, posts and actually, you know, if you look at my Instagram feed, you'll see that, you know, I've got loads of facts about drinking more water, for example, because that's something that most of us know we do and that we should do. But actually a much better way is for someone to tell their story, you know, like the person who gets headaches and suddenly discovers that actually if they drink more water during the day, they don't get their headaches. That's far more powerful than just posting something saying, yeah, drink more water. I think I'm, I'm very sensitive to this because I kind of feel I'm, to some extent, a subject matter expert in lifestyle medicine, having been practicing it for years. And 
firstly, there's a faction of doctors that hate it and think it's it's all just trash and or, or it's common sense and it's really easy and it's a grift. And secondly, the ones that don't think like that often often put out those posts, you know, about eating and sleeping and exercising and all that sort of stuff. So I think here's where I'm at. I think starting with your own routine and just thinking about what you do and then gently focusing on different areas. For example, I recently spoke to someone about heart health. They're very worried about their family history of heart disease. And somehow the conversation worked its way onto oils. And and because I've had to do this myself in, in years gone by, I am a, I'm a real fan of extra virgin olive oil for lots of reasons. It's heart healthy. It's got a high smoke point, which means it doesn't become rancid when you cook it. And it's naturally quite sweet tasting. So it's better to cook with that than, say, sunflower oil. So that's quite an easy change to make. But only if you start with yourself, you know, it's much, I guess, much less relevant to someone who doesn't even cook with oil. You know, there's no point in in, in seeing a post saying, hey, extra virgin olive oil is really good for you if you don't have oil in the house. You see what I mean? I think the only good thing about seeing the virtuous posts, as I call them, um, is it sometimes sparks a thought. Um, so, for example, if you look at, I don't know, a self-care kind of poster and it says something like, make sure you have some me time, uh, you might think, wait a second, I don't get any time to myself. That's that's really important. You know, I, I, I just don't get any time to myself. Maybe that's something I need to build in. And going back to what I think works in terms of the stories, you know, like the oil, is when someone posts and says, hey, look, you know, I, I went to the doctor, I had a really high cholesterol, and I felt that I had to do something about it, so I started doing two push-ups a day and a bit of walking, and then I changed the oils that I cook with at home and started to eat more vegetables, and guess what, my cholesterol's come down, that kind of thing. That that's the way in, I think, with lifestyle, you know, being inspired by someone's story rather than, you know, a list of diktats that you feel that you have to do. At the beginning, I mentioned, you know, has self-care changed over the years? I think in some ways it has. I, I remember years ago over hearing an argument between two people, not friends of mine, um, people I'd only just met. It was a, a house party. And one of them was swearing that, you know, milk and the fact that they drink a glass of milk before bed every night meant that they never get heartburn. And the other was saying the reason they don't get heartburn is because they've got so much garlic in their diet. What's funny is that the milk guy... Um, said that they get terrible heartburn when they eat garlic. And then the whole conversation was about, well, you know, garlic's really good for you, you know, you're you're missing out, all this sort of stuff. And, And the point is, that absolutely typified for me how individual this concept of self-care is. And if you medicalize that, you suddenly get into this, ah, well, you know, where's the evidence that drinking milk before bed is good for you? Who knows? Um... 
it's something many people do. And for this chap, he obviously believes it's something that's helping his stomach. Many people find the exact opposite. It's individual. And for him, who who gets terrible reflux-type symptoms on garlic, part of his self-care is making sure he doesn't eat raw garlic. And of course, many years ago, 50, 100 years ago, self-care was really very different. It was really about avoiding communicable diseases, not dying of things like tuberculosis, or even the plague, if you go back further. I mean, staying alive was self-care. And to some extent with COVID, we have revisited that. So for me, here's my sort of self-care manifesto. I think self-care is all about staying well. And to stay well, you have to know what you're doing day to day and work out what you can change. But to do that, you need to educate yourself in terms of finding info on healthy habits, healthy behaviours, and that means some learning. And once you've done that, you go through a process of behaviour change and implement those things. And that's really it, in a nutshell. But in order to do that, you just got to start with you. I think that's as, about as simple as I can certainly make it without losing the fact that it is individual. And tied into that are all sorts of other things like a person's health beliefs, you know, like the garlic versus milk story. So I'd like you to just think about trying this exercise. If you're someone who struggles with self-care or you don't know where to start and you find it overwhelming, a nice easy place to start is to uh, at the end of a day just close your eyes and think about everything you've done that day from the minute you've woken up to the time that you're actually doing this exercise which should be just before bed if you can manage it and what you'll find is it maps out everything that you do and as you think about what you're doing you know whether it was being a bit offhand with a colleague or eating too quickly in the morning which gave you heartburn it will just give you a template to start thinking about self-care then you can think about all of that information that's out there that tells you what self-care should be and and to be honest there's no correct definition if you want to go by the World Health Organization one that's fine because that's official but in reality when it comes to yourself you want to look at all of those things you know like taking regular exercise and think well hang on if you're not doing that how can I start moving towards it maybe I'll start with walking or if your diet's not particularly good and you think you know what do you know what I really want to eat some more vegetables what vegetables do I like you know it's much more granular than just eating more vegetables isn't it And in an ideal world, with that, it's nice to have some knowledge behind it. Why are vegetables good for us? Why is exercise good for us? Not essential, but it's nice to know. And as I said before, if you really want a kind of tool that is going to work for you and lay everything out, that is what my book is about, The Health Fix, which is out in January of next year. And many of you will have heard other episodes where I talk about elements in the book. So do have a listen to those because I think 
it will hopefully make sense to you and how it is it's absolutely tailored to the individual whereas i think a lot of these virtuous posts are about things that we all know that are essentially public health i want to leave you with an anecdote actually so self-care doesn't really lend itself to quotes um and if if it does they'd be very very cheesy i think years ago i had um a patient who had mystery symptoms and after many many months of ruling stuff out effectively um lots of tests it turned out that this chap had finally realized that the thing that was making him ill was his toxic relationship it's one of these things this is like self-care extreme and it took ages to uncover but essentially he was being manipulated and as soon as he ejected this person from his life almost all his symptoms went away now that to me is an example of self-care it may seem a bit left field but as i say all the public health kind of self-care tips we know so the thought i want to leave you with is start with you take a hard look at yourself not in a critical way you know in a compassionate way just with your routine and let it all flow from there okay so that was self care i hope you enjoyed that maybe a bit contentious you know um i i had a, a really really massive cup of coffee today and it's made me a little bit edgy so the tone of this episode is probably slightly different to the others but once again i want to thank you for listening i really do appreciate it i'm overwhelmed by the feedback that i'm getting and the ratings as well thank you so so much do let me know what you think. Let me know about your self-care tips, your self-care stories. That's how we learn. That's how I learn as a doctor is from people's experience. So find me on my Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter and do let me know. In the meantime, before we meet again, do take care. Self-care, in fact. <laughs> Um, So yeah, do look after yourself and until we meet again, bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.